This is The Parent Coop. Stories about parenting. No advice, no judgment, just stories. Today's show is about mom love, or more accurately, how hard it is for moms to support other moms online. A lot has been written and debated about how the internet and social media is changing the way we interact. Most of it is focused on millennials, which many people think of as kids in college or their early 20s glued to their phones and unable to have face-to-face interactions. But there's a group of us millennials, yes, technically we are millennials, who grew up largely before the internet took over our lives. We didn't have cell phones in high school, we certainly didn't have texting, and had to petition to get our colleges on Facebook. All this attention is being paid to those born in the 90s, how they're handling society as new adults after being the first generation to spend so much of their lives connected. But meanwhile, us old millennials are the first generation of connected parents. We've begun raising our kids with the support and judgment of the internet. When they get a fever, we consult Google or a Facebook group of like-minded moms. When they absolutely will not eat their dinner, we check out a blog on whatever parenting style we believe in. The internet has become a real resource for parents. As more and more of us are physically separated from our villages, the parents and grandparents, aunts and cousins who for ages have been the social support that teaches us and backs us up, we've turned to a virtual community for direction, for reassurance that we aren't constantly on the verge of destroying our children's lives. But sometimes those online parenting communities turn ugly. And as the internet can do, people get really mean really fast. Recently, one group I was a part of sort of imploded. When you told me about this, I I was amazed that a group of moms could go from being so supportive to so destructive. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. So the group was created by a woman named Janet. (laughs) So, um, hi, my name is Janet McKay, uh, formerly Janet Cager. I knew Janet from back in college. She's always been super passionate. She was an RA in the dorms, a sorority sister. I get into these little phases where I get really passionate and then then I move on to something else. I went to talk with Janet recently about an online parenting community that she built. Right now, she's really passionate about her work as a school counselor. Um, I am a a school counselor at a charter school in Chicago. And being a parent. I'm 12 weeks pregnant right now, and my daughter just threw up on me. (laughs) And she thinks it's hilarious. Her daughter, Sophie, is about six and a half months old. But a year ago, when she was pregnant with Sophie, Janet realized that most of her friends fell into two camps. Either they were pregnant, all due in 2015. I could, have, I could name like a dozen girls that I was friends with, either um, from college or high school or where I worked. We were all pregnant at the same time. Or they were living the single life or recently married. Some of them didn't really understand Janet's new focus on being a mom. Yeah, you know, I did receive some backlash or some grief from some of my previous friends before you know, from college, from Monmouth and from high school, um, and accused me of only hanging out with the, my new mom friends. And and they were right, and I was, you know, and it was just because 
in this time of my life, I want to be around my daughter and I want to be around other people who understand what it's like to have a three-month-old or a six-month-old, you know. She tried to find a community in a local group. She lives on the southwest side of Chicago. There are so many mom groups out there. Some are focused on moms in certain areas, while others have moms from around the world but focus on certain types of parenting. Breastfeeding, sleep training, Christian moms, nerdy moms, stay-at-home moms. The downside of theme-based groups is that it's really hard to connect in real life with moms who are all over the country or all over the globe. Local groups are great for playdates and mom meetups, but it also means that there are a lot of different parenting styles coming together. I was in a mom's, another mom's group that was uh, specifically for moms in my town. It was local. And um, I posted something about um, advice on date and childcare um, because we needed a babysitter. We needed someone to take care of Sophie when I went back to work. And the moms were really brutal to me. They couple like three moms started attacking me personally um telling me that I was I might as well just stay home like why did I have kids if I was going to work and um if you know if I was going to trust a stranger with my child then I shouldn't have a child like it was really bizarre Janet was blindsided Sometimes when you think you're doing fine as a parent and you're suddenly confronted with an opposing philosophy, it can make you feel really insecure. But this wasn't just an opposing view of parenting. It was just unwarranted cruelty. I'm a really sensitive person and it all kind of just really hurt my feelings. Um, And so I left that group. I decided that it wasn't um, it was a toxic place for me. In, um, but I still felt the need to connect with other moms. That's when she created Momtourage. Like Entourage. Yeah, I mean, you know, like a close group of friends who have your back no matter what. And that's how it started. She wanted it to be focused on new moms. Only people with 2015 babies were allowed in. It started out as just Janet's friends. But it grew just my friends, And then I invited them to add their mom, their mommy friends or friends that they knew that were pregnant. And just that alone, I think, got us to a little over 100 members. Um, there were spinoff groups from the main group. And it did span across several states. We had a California uh, group and a Florida group of moms and I think a couple in Tennessee, maybe. Um, so, yeah, it did. It did go across, the, you know, the country and um, it did grow pretty big. And each of those regional groups had meetup groups, too, to coordinate actual real life events. And so that made me really excited. And I was uh, looking forward to connecting with moms all over the Chicagoland area. And for a really long time, it was really good and positive and successful. And we had meetups and um, there were t- five to ten moms showing up at every event. And it was It was awesome. It was exactly what I had envisioned. The group didn't get 
too big, partially because Janet wanted to keep it manageable. The max members we've ever had was 300, um, which in turn, it might seem big to me because I'm like, oh, you know, I just was this little me. It was just a dozen of us and now there's 300. But that's still pretty big, especially when you think about how fast it all happened. It started taking up a lot of Janet's time. She was trying to welcome every member, post on every question, and keep the group from posting anything that could start a fight. She realized, realized she needed help. I like There were so many posts and there were so many threads going on at one time that I wasn't able to monitor all of them um, efficiently. Eventually, she added 12 administrators, made up mostly of people she wasn't really already friends with, but people who were the most engaged in the group. They created a separate group to coordinate the Momtourage administration. So a group to manage all these groups. Basically, yeah. We would screenshot um, topics or posts and then kind of vote on whether or not we thought it was appropriate for the group or not. Um, and so that's kind of how that went on. And, and that was really successful. And, and also, they helped me develop norms uh, for the group. Now, this was subtle, but kind of genius. So, for instance, when a new member would come up, I would message them and ask them to post an introduction. And at first, people would post inter- introductions, and then, you know, people might like it, but there would be no comments or there'd be no, um, you know, support. That was before she had all these deputies. And so I was able to say, hey, admin team, like one of your um, one of your responsibilities is to always post a welcome comment to the new members. And what happened was other members started um, seeing them do that and then they started doing that. So it became a norm that when someone posted um, an, an, an intro, they would get flooded with welcome comments, which they really it helps with the engagement of the group. So when you join a group and you get welcomed by all these people and you get all this love, it's gonna want you to come back to the group and it's gonna want you to be more engaged. And that I think was um, contributed to the success. And it was really effective. I mean, I'm part of a lot of different mom groups. Some of them are huge, covering the whole Chicagoland area. So if you post a question, it can be kind of hit or miss. You may get 50 responses within the first half an hour, but if other people are posting and it gets buried, it can be crickets. It would be kind of the admin's job to go through um, the daily post and make sure that everybody's question was answered. Um, So they kind of helped me with... um, making the environment um, a place where people wanted to be. Remember, Janet's whole idea was about inclusiveness, encouraging positive interactions, and creating an environment where moms could feel safe, opening up. Exactly. So it was a place where you could complain about your spouse, or vent about your in-laws, or show off the cute new outfit you got, Or recommend, you know, some great product you just got off of Amazon that was, like, saving your life. But Janet also wanted to steer the group away from more controversial topics. Areas she'd seen deteriorate into name-calling in other groups. Mommy war topics. Okay, explain this concept of mommy wars. Basically, you're going to find it in anything where a mom's going to disagree. So the big mommy war topics, breastfeeding versus formula feeding... 
circumcision or not, sleep training or co-sleeping, pretty fundamental differences. And apparently, women aren't able to get along if they have those differing viewpoints. The internet makes these mommy wars feel like a relatively new thing. But clashes over parenting styles have actually been around for a very long time. You want to guess how long? How long? Like 200 years. So I reached out to Dr. Carrie Manning. Um, my name is uh, Carrie Manning. Um, I am a, a professor of history at St. Ambrose University in Davenport, Iowa. I have been there for 11 years. She teaches American history, specifically women's history. Um, she's also a mother. I am a wife of Armando, and I am the mother of a seven-year-old son named Joaquin. Uh, who's in first grade. Carrie says the fight over parenting styles is all about class, the rise of the middle class in particular. Once a middle class starts to emerge in the late colonial period, you do start to see class differences, not only in how we live, um, but also in the way we choose to parent. She says in early America, the richest and the poorest in a community weren't really that far apart. And honestly, moms were so busy doing other things for the family. You know, you have to raise the sheep, have the sheep sheared. That wool is going to keep your family clothed. Card the wool, you know, uh, turn it into yarn. You have to spin it, you have to weave it. And then there's food. Taking care of garden uh, in order to feed your family is important. Taking care of dairy cows. It sounds so pastoral, but the women still had to take care of the kids, too. Taking care of children... It means, you know, trying to keep them alive, feed them, certainly um, nurse them. But they weren't a mother's sole priority. No one's going to bat an eye if you have your older daughters taking care of little ones while you do other things. But it's really sort of more like um, keeping track of a gaggle of geese. So along comes the Industrial Revolution, and along with it, an influx of immigration. As industry grows, the middle class grows, making room for women to spend less time on agriculture and more time in the home. This is pretty soon after the Revolutionary War, and the other thing that emerges is this concept of civic-minded parenting. This concept of Republican motherhood emerges. This is not your modern-day Sarah Palin, mama bear Republican. There's a spate of you know, schools and academies for educating girls and young women after the revolution. And the purpose behind that education is to make them better mothers, better wives. So it's not enough to just make sure your children live to adulthood and maybe are able to find a trade. Um, you need to raise good citizens for the new republic. So this is where a lot of that judgment comes from. Middle and upper class mothers can educate their kids, can help them become leaders of the republic. Working class mothers are still in that colonial era gaggle of kids to help with the chores mode. Carrie says this is also the time when baby books become a it's thing. In that era that women are encouraged to take note of milestones, not so you can remember them affectionately, um, but so that you can make sure that your child is developing properly. And if they're not, then that somehow reflects reflections on you as a mother. And now we're comparing our kids to other kids. Hello, Mommy Wars. Right. A great example of this is how women feed their babies, just like you said. 
before the middle class grew up, everyone just breastfed their babies. What other option was there, really? But along with the middle class social status came this idea of modesty and propriety. Middle class mothers breastfeeding their children is kind of a problem, right? Because it does kind of require you to spend half your day with your top down. It probably wasn't easy to just, you know, slip a boob out and feed your kid in those dresses. And so increasingly, the middle class starts to depend on hiring wet nurses to feed their children. Now, wet nurses are not really a new concept. They had been around for ages in Europe, but they were not commonplace in America. The wet nurse became this status symbol for the middle class mom, that they didn't have to inconvenience themselves with this unflattering chore. Just bring in this working class woman to feed your baby. But that too presented a problem. By the late 19th century, a lot of those families are very concerned about bringing these working-class women who may be Catholic or Irish immigrants, right? Um, They consider the women that they are hiring to feed their babies morally suspect uh, because they are working-class. Oh, the horror. Irish? Catholic? Yeah, I mean, we even have documentation of African-American slaves nursing their white plantation owners' children. So, there was a solution. Commercialized infant formula comes along at the end of the 19th century and really is the answer for the middle class because they don't have to have these morally suspect women coming into their houses anymore. And using the formula seems much more scientific than using the breast. You can, you know, of course, you measure it out. You know exactly how much went into the baby. More milestones and more record keeping. And more comparisons more judgment. Yeah. Formula becomes this status symbol of a woman who's made it, whose husband can provide for her, who doesn't have to schlep around a wet nurse or pull her own top down in a show of moral indecency. Um, So formula becomes standard in the 20th century. And until the last 50 years or so, breastfeeding wasn't that common. But Carrie says, with the social upheaval of the 60s, a new wave of parenting ideals came along too. A lot of people would attribute that to Um, to hippies. Known for having their tops down. Um, People who are progressive. And advocates for women's rights. The feminist health movement. And now we're in a place where moms who use formula feel like they're being judged by those who breastfeed. Just like the breastfeeding moms felt judged by all those bougie formula women. It's the middle class, again, that um, is changing the way they feed their babies. Parenting was diversifying in other ways throughout the 19th and 20th centuries. But even then, most people were getting parenting education from a few select sources. Doctors, family members. And for mid-century moms, there was one piece of literature that almost everyone had on their shelves. Well, I think that at mid-century, right, the best-selling baby book is Baby and Child Care by Dr. Benjamin Spock. And one of the reasons I think it's the bestseller is because there aren't that many other, there's not much competition for that particular market. Sometimes I wish there was just one way of parenting. Ignorance is bliss, right? But soon other books hit the market and bookstores added parenting sections. And then the internet happened. Now everyone with a .com is handing out parenting advice. And so I think all of those choices, again, tap into the anxiety that becomes 
part of being middle class and part of especially being a middle class parent. Everybody wants to find the right formula for raising successful, well-adjusted, and healthy children. And even though we all just want to do what's right for our kids, that anxiety turns ugly really quick. There is that defensiveness, but there is also bullying uh, that has gone along with it. And I, and I think the line on bullies is that they become bullies because they are insecure. And that is what Janet wanted to avoid when she created the Momtourage. So Janet started creating guidelines for the group. <laughs> we, <laughs> oh, it would take me two hours to go over <laughs> all the rules. I made so many rules. Things like no commenting on hot button topics. And if a mom wants to parent in a certain way, you can offer a suggestion. But you're not going to start browbeating her. Um, putting other moms down. Anything negative. I didn't care what the reasoning was or or anything, I would immediately delete the comment. Um, screenshots. Screenshot rules come up a lot in a lot of different groups. No sharing screenshots from other groups and definitely no taking pictures and then sharing them in outside of the group. My biggest fear is making moms feel bad. And if you said something that, whether it was intentional or not, to make another mom feel bad, that was not allowed. But there were also rules about participation. So one of the rules of the group was if you're going to be here, we want you to participate at least once a month. And we didn't think that was a lot to ask. And if you didn't, you'd be removed from the group. I'll be honest, when I first heard about this rule, it did seem a little harsh. We would we would um, remove members who had, hadn't done any of those things, liked, comments, or posted on anything in a month. So, okay, so it wasn't even commented, like, just, just like... Yeah. All you had to do was like like something. Janet explained it was meant to keep the group active. And that just helps us with our to to know how many real active members we have and it keeps our our group, you know, into a manageable size. And most of the time members don't even notice because they're not active and it's never a problem. Every once in a while I would get a message from a member and say, Hey Um, I can't get in the montage. Like I I I'm not in montage anymore. And I'll go, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you must have gotten removed um, due to inactivity. No problem. Just send another request and you're, you're always welcome back. Um, and so usually it didn't really cause a lot of problems for us. That rule was probably the last thing Janet thought would bring drama to the group. But that's exactly what it did. More from Janet's story in a moment. Hey, The Parent Coop needs your help. We're looking for more stories, stories from you. Some of our upcoming episodes include stories about a goldfish that's older than many of our children. An inspiring little girl who's using art to combat cancer. A mother who's found an inspiring way to overcome the stigma of losing a child. And even an episode on parenting in the new Star Wars movie. There will be spoilers. If you have an interesting story about your kids, your parents, your cousins, or anybody else record a voice memo on your phone briefly describe it and email it to annie at theparentcoop.com all right now back to the story about six months after janet created the momtourage things were going great moms were posting sharing pretty openly and not just about 
parenting stuff. People would talk about their husbands, work, whatever was on their mind. And then one day in early January, something really ugly happened. It was a slow day at work. There wasn't a lot of kids. Janet checked her phone between counseling sessions and saw a couple of comments, but nothing too exciting. And then I like went and I I did a mediation or something and I like, you know, did work stuff. And then I came back to my desk and I saw the, the tag that she had tagged me in a comment. It was a mom from her area. She had met her once or twice at meetups. She was just a mem- another mom of the group. Like, I didn't have an opinion on her either way. We didn't really, um, she wasn't one of the moms that I, like, felt super connected to. But this mom had been removed from the group for not being active. And she was not happy about it, which she shared in a post on the meetup group. I didn't know she was removed because I, another one of our admins was in charge of removing members. So I, I didn't know who was and who wasn't. But she was removed from the main group, but she wasn't removed from the meetup group. Evidently, she thought Janet had targeted her for removal. And she posted, she tagged me in a post asking why I del- why I removed her. She took it very personally. Um, and she thought that I, I made the conscious decision to remove her from the group when that absolutely was not the case. Again, Janet barely knew her. You know, some moms I um, became close with and other moms were just, we were just, neutral you know and I would consider her like someone that I just felt neutral about I didn't not like her but I wasn't like wanted to be best friends with her either but she thought she knew Janet from all her posts the pictures and interaction that Janet was doing on the group now I could see how being removed from a group might make a person defensive but this post got really personal really fast and then when I read it like just I I was like I was unable to work the rest of the day um, that happened like around lunchtime. I, I thankfully work with amazing people and one of my best friends uh, works with me and I went to her office and was just, I just cried. I wasn't, I was so, I was shaking. She called Janet a control freak. She called me a psycho bitch. Actually, it was crazy bitch. Told me my she doesn't understand why my husband's with me. Said she was a bad mother. Said I was judgmental. Just called called me all these names. She even insulted her hair. That just sounds like such an intense reaction for Facebook. And Janet says it wasn't just a big deal for her. It and then it kind of um, made the other members uncomfortable. I mean, it kind of makes sense. This was supposed to be a safe, supportive group where people could say anything without fear of judgment. But it was a group of several hundred women. Who else might be lurking out there waiting to snap? They no longer felt safe in the group. Um, So a lot of members reached out to me and said that they didn't, um, that they were sorry that that happened to me and that they weren't sure um, if they wanted to continue being in Montrage. And that's kind of when it all fell apart. Janet had worked so hard to create this community, but there was this drama in the background, and when this woman exploded, it kind of shattered. And plus, Janet says the group had become more stressful than fun, even before this post happened. Any free moment, I was, I was on it. In between meetings at work, when she put Sophie down for a nap, while watching a movie with her husband, she'd be doing something for Momtourage. I, don't even, I couldn't even give you a number. Oh, just a lot. It was, just, it was just. It was always. It was always there, and it it, it turned into um, a very anxious feeling. 
I started looking at my phone, and if I saw a lot of a lot of notifications, I would almost I would get like a feeling of panic, like crap, like what happened, like what did someone do, what did someone post, like what drama is happening now that I have to deal with, and um, it started to get to a point where it wasn't it wasn't good for me anymore, and it it um, it made me feel very anxious, and that's where a lot of my anxiety comes from. Uh, it was just I never knew what someone was going to say or what someone was going to do. Um, and that started to get exhausting. So Janet gave the admins a choice. I can delete the group and dissolve it completely, or I can hand it over to you and I'm going to, um, you know, politely step back and, you know, bow out of this whole situation. This may seem extreme, but Janet says that the post rocked her sense of identity, at least online. I was really, I became really paranoid after that happened. Like, who else feels this way about me? Like, cause I had no idea. Like, this girl was not on my radar whatsoever. I hadn't even thought about her once. And for her to say all those things about me, it made me wonder. Well, who else is feeling this way about me, and who else um, is is angry? And so I was, I became very nervous and paranoid, and I wasn't able to trust anybody. Um, after that happened. Janet handed the group off to the other admins and tried to remove herself from all of it. Uh, My name is Erica. I live in San Diego. I have a five-year-old and a six-month-old. I'm also a Navy veteran and married to a man who's still in the Navy. Erica was one of those admins who took the reins after Janet left Momtourage. She remembers seeing the post not live on the site, but in the admin group. I saw when I woke up that morning, I read it, saw what had happened. They were all broadsided. None of us obviously saw this coming. We were very upset, to put it mildly. Not only were they reeling from the post, but Janet decided to leave the group within hours of everything blowing up. We all tried to get her to stay. We all really wanted her to stay. But we all really understood why it was just becoming too much. But they moved on. They made a post on Momtourage officially announcing that Janet had left and they were now in charge. But things just weren't right. Remember that safety thing that Janet had mentioned? There were some issues with some members of the group um, knowing each other in real life. And this had come up before. And the rule is what is said in the group is supposed to stay in the group. Um, but there were some instances of that not happening. And some members of the group felt like it was no longer a safe place for them to post. The first rule of momtourage, you don't talk about momtourage. You joke, but that's a thing. Seriously. You might think, what's the big deal? What are they saying in there that needs to be kept such a secret? You know, it's supposed to be a place where you can vent, brag, whatever, without the fear of it coming back, you know, to your husband or to your other friends, for example. Unfortunately, that was not the case. This is a big deal. I've seen the fallout from this type of talking outside the group. It's not pretty. Friendships end over this kind of stuff. So some of the women started a new group to try to regain this safe space. And some of us admins, myself included, were added to this group and then someone who was added started bashing the original group, saying how 
it was crappy since Janet left and all these other things. They must not have known that the leaders of the momtourage were still in there. It's hard to know, but probably not. And then right after that happened, the admins who were added were promptly deleted. Yeah, somebody definitely screwed up. So <laughs> there was some confusion about why that happened. Some feelings were hurt. Um, and some of the admins, not myself, some of the other admins, um, felt kind of betrayed by by Janet. Wait, why were the admins upset at Janet? Because of this new group. So there were some feelings that instead of coming back to her group, she created a spinoff group instead, which was not the case. To be clear, Janet did not create the new group. And after a day or two, that group actually folded. And that second incident might have actually hurt Janet more than the first post that started it all. There were some feelings hurt and perhaps myself included, we're too quick to jump to a conclusion about what was going on without understanding the situation. Um, and, and that caused some hard feelings. And, and some, some, I don't know, like real friendships, but at least some, you know, internet friendships were severed because of it. Janet and all 12 of the admins cut ties after that. These were women who she'd been talking to every day about the group, keeping things running smoothly. But after a couple of days, Erica says things calmed down a bit and they wanted to reconnect. Two days can actually seem like forever in internet time. You know, for both of us, like several things happen in like the two day time span. And I was like, oh, I really wanted to tell you this. <laughs> so we were talking. Um, and, and I'm glad that we were able to move past it, um, you know, because I, I've never met her in real life, and that just sounds really strange, but I really enjoy her friendship, and I really enjoy talking to her, so I'm really glad that we were able to move past it. So I think, I think there's still a little bit of cautiousness there, maybe, um, but I think it'll be fine. Janet may have left the group, but it took Mom Taraj a while to shake off what had happened. Janet was still getting messages, and she would pass them along to me. Those messages kept dragging Janet back into the Mom Taraj and frustrating the admins. The consensus among the admin team was that we really need to make it clear to please come to us if there's a problem. We can't help you if we don't know. So they decided to change the name of the group. Officially, that was in order to create a fresh start from all the chaos that had happened after Janet left. But Erica says after the fallout from the spinoff group, it was also a little personal. I think that the suggestion for the name change probably also came about because of some hurt feelings and really wanting to make a separation. Um the name change really wasn't that big of a deal to me personally. As the dust settled in Janet's life, first from the momtourage and then from the drama that came out of that second group, Janet tried to understand what had happened. Yeah, and I did. I did some self I I was reflecting on my behavior in the group and what kinds of things I might have said or done to have for her to get that those perceptions of me. Um and it made me I mean it, ma it definitely made me look back and and one of the things that she said that she hated about Montrage was that I was always posting me, me, me stuff. And so that kind of made me like wonder, well, maybe am I posting a lot of me, me, me stuff? Am I feeling, you know, kind of self-centered? Um, 
And so it really forced me to take a look at uh, my actions and how I was interacting with people on the internet and how they might have been perceiving, perceiving me. I think for all of us who knew her in real life, we saw her post as just an extension of who she was. But for some of the women who only knew her through the group, they assumed that was all she was. Sometimes all I post on Facebook is literally just Sophie pictures, that's it. Yeah. Or before Sophie, it was puppy pictures. So it was just like, that's. but that's not all that I am. That's all that I am on Facebook, but Facebook is not my life. Janet says there's so much more to who she is. Parts of her life she doesn't share on Facebook, like her work as a school counselor. I'm a counselor. I'm a mediator. I'm an athlete. I play, I'm a softball player, a dancer, a golfer, a Blackhawks fan. Really a whole lot more. I listen, I love, I love, love, love music. I am a mother. I am a wife. I am a friend. I am a daughter. I'm an animal lover. At one point we had like, we had like eight kittens here and like three cats and three dogs. I like, I try to help find foster homes for pets. So, I mean, I could go on forever. I'm... I don't like to travel. I'm not a traveler. It would be impossible to sum up all of Janet or anybody's personality in the few posts and pictures we post online. But that's what we do. Yeah, I mean, and I think everybody is that way. I mean, everybody has a million facets to them that not everybody, they don't share with everybody. It's been a few weeks since Janet left Momtourage. The spin-off groups, the name change, the unfriending, the name-calling, and the hurt feelings, they're all starting to fade. And Janet says, despite all of it, she's come out of it ahead. I feel like I failed, but I feel like I was successful all at the same time. The success is in the learning. No, I feel wiser. I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes. Like, I'm not claiming to be perfect. I'm not claiming that I didn't make, didn't do anything wrong. I, I'm sure, you know, some people came out of this just as hurt as I did. Um, so, uh, I have learned, I have learned, I've learned uh, a little bit about how to communicate better with someone when there's a conflict. She says she realizes that not everyone deals with conflict and confrontation in the same way. I've learned that not everybody, um, appreciates being confronted uh, in certain ways or um, I've just I've learned how maybe how to um, message someone the day after I want to message them Uh, that has really helped because if my emotions are in it then I tend to uh, not communicate as effectively or as kind as I would like to and actually Janet has created a new group I based it off a book that I was that someone um, at work introduced to me called um, No More Perfect Moms. And basically the whole philosophy of the book is let's be real. Like let's stop pretending like we have it all. Let's stop pretending um, that you know we have a perfect, house and a perfect marriage and a perfect child and a per because that's what we want everyone to think on Facebook. That might sound like the philosophy of Momtourage, but there are a couple of big differences. For one, it's a much smaller group and it's also centered around Christ and um I think that is going to give it 
a different spin um, because only moms who are interested in drawing closer to God and um, wanting to become better are going to be interested in this group. And I think those kinds of people are less likely to attack one another. She says the group is about loving where you are in your life instead of constantly comparing yourself to the perfectly manicured versions of people you see on Facebook. You know, when I have to wake up at multiple times in the night and she's screaming and I can't even hold my eyes open or I have a migraine or I have morning sickness and I have to take care of her, you know, it might feel like it's too much I might be too overwhelmed but I have to remind myself that my husband and I tried for her for almost three years and we suffered three losses and she is everything that we've wanted and this is where I'm living my dream and I need to realize that Um, and so this group is kind of um, encompasses that mentality of um, you know we're mothers and we're blessed to be mothers and even though it may be hard Uh, it's something that we should celebrate and be in love with. I've had a really hard time with this episode because I don't want to trivialize what happened with this group. When you take a story like this and you condense it into 30 minutes, it can sound so simple, so catty, immature, but there was a lot at stake here. I really don't like this whole concept of, quote, the mommy wars. I don't think it's real. I mean, these fights are real, but these fights are not the real issue. Even the name, mommy wars, it's so demeaning. Oh, you're just a mommy. It's just a little mommy war. The real issue is that women have been taught to second-guess themselves, to compare ourselves to other women, our bodies, our careers, our choices, feeding into this idea that we need to have this certain image that we need to live up to. And I think we're quick to jump on other people because we feel bad ourselves. It's like there's this mentality that if I can take you down or make you look bad or prove you to be wrong, I will come out looking better. I'll be the winner. But we can't succeed by tearing each other down. We can only get to the top by building each other up. You have a conflict between breastfeeding and formula. But if you zoom out, you've got a problem between a working mom and a stay-at-home mom. And then you zoom out some more and there's a problem between a woman who chooses to have kids and a woman who doesn't. Or a woman who chooses to get married and a woman who doesn't. We can zoom out, zoom out, zoom out. And we can keep focusing on this woman versus woman conflict. When there shouldn't be a conflict. There shouldn't be a problem at all. We should be supporting each other in whatever we choose as women. These conflicts really only benefit others. Companies make money playing one group off of the other. Men can play that irrational woman card pointing to these disputes. It all feeds into distractions so that the important work, things like income equality and leadership roles for women, fall to the wayside. When we get caught up in these conflicts, the actual other work that needs to get done doesn't get done. And that's the problem. The Parent Coop is myself and my husband, Chris Wall Jasper. 
with the help and inspiration from our two sweet little kiddos, Lucy and Fritz. Special thanks to Janet, Carrie, and Erica for sharing their stories and their struggles with us. And thanks to Kevin McLeod, who composed much of the original music on this episode, as well as Robert Anderson, whose music you can hear, as well as his great storytelling on his podcast, Awful Grace. Do you like what you're hearing? We're putting up two more episodes before we take a break to collect and produce our next season. So look for our next episode in a couple of weeks. Follow The Parent Coop on Facebook and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And if you really like it, tell a friend or write a review on iTunes. Those things really help us make the show better and help other people hear these stories that we're sharing.